Look with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 27. I'm going to Acts chapter 27. And I want to read a story in the New Testament from Acts 27. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the skiff or the lifeboat into the sea, under pretense, that word pretense means they were pretending like they were putting out anchors from the prow. Paul said this to the centurion and soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, they cannot be saved. This is a strange verse, verse 32. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the lifeboat or the skiff and let it fall off. They cut away the lifeboats at the command of the prophet and the apostle Paul. And I'm preaching tonight on eliminate plan B. Eliminate plan B. In 1853, America hosted the world's first world fair in New York City. They built a beautiful exhibition hall called Crystal Palace. But they built this Crystal Palace. It's the world's fair, the first one. And the latest and greatest inventions were to be showcased. It was a massive room like this room. And there was an inventor there by the name of Elisha Otis. He was the inventor of the first elevator safety brake. And he was a brilliant man when it came to advertising his product. Here's what he did. He actually built a platform from the roof of the building. There were thousands of people like this room. And imagine that suddenly... You look up and there's a platform up in the sky. They actually have a picture of it. And this man, Elisha Otis, he, he built this platform and he got the whole attention of thousands of people as he was over top of them. And he did something very dramatic. It was an amazing sales pitch. He had a man on the side who had a sharp axe and big muscles. And as he was standing there and he was saying who he was and he said, I have invented a brake that will catch an elevator and not let it fall and kill people. And nobody believed him. And at that moment, he turned and he looked at the axe man and he said, cut the rope. And the man swung the axe, and when he cut the rope, the platform began to fall. And suddenly, every person in the room began to grasp for breath and gasp for breath, and they began to, to, to scream, and they didn't know what was going to happen. And sure enough, the elevator brake kicked in, and the platform stabilized, and people almost had fainted, and he says, it's all right, all is well, all is well. When Elisha Otis pulled off this unforgettable sales pitch, there were only a few buildings in New York City taller than five floors. The reason was because no one wanted to climb the stairs. 
and nobody trusted the elevators. But then in 1854, Otis installed an elevator in a building on Broadway, and the rest is history. By, by 1890, there were 10 buildings taller than 10 stories in New York City. By 1900, there were 50, 65 buildings that were 20 stories. By 1908, there were 538 buildings in the skyline of New York City that qualified as skyscrapers. More and more, the buildings got taller and taller because one man cried out, cut the ropes. Cut the ropes. Something else happened. That's pretty amazing. Not only is he given credit for elevators in buildings all over the world, but he actually qualifies as someone who is responsible for skyscrapers all over the world, and especially in New York City. He made it possible for New York City, at the last count, to have 58,000 elevators that take 11 billion trips every year, and that's just in New York City. And according to Otis Elevator Company, which is still in business, the equivalent of the world's population rides on his products every three days because Elisha Otis had the courage to cut the rope. He thought that if the world thought, everybody thought in that room that if he cut the rope, he would go down. But the truth was, if he would just have the courage to cut the ropes that were holding him back, an elevator would take us higher than we could ever imagine human beings could go in an elevator. Recently, there was a story in a newspaper that said America is becoming a nation of quitters. As long as you have a plan B, you are, you are someone who has in the back of your mind, I can always quit and revert to plan B. This article said America has become a nation of quitters. People are prone to quickly give up to throw in the towel. According to the statistics, people are prone more than ever to say, what's the use and just give up and give in and quit. The main reason this article said was because people think they have an alternative plan. They think I don't just have plan A, but I have plan B. And if plan A doesn't work, I can always go back to my old plan B. So I'm going to keep plan B over here in the back of my mind. I can always go back to it. I don't want to get too far away from it. I don't want to put all my eggs in the basket of plan A because I need a backup plan. You don't try as hard if you think you have a plan B. This Christian life, if it doesn't work, I've got a plan B. It doesn't work that way. You either put everything in serving Jesus, you have no other options, you eliminate plan B, 
It's then that the call of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, the will of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God, the provision of God begins to overtake your life. Jesus did not die for you to have one foot in his kingdom and one foot on plan B in case you give up everything for him and it doesn't work out. It will work out. You'll go higher, not lower. He'll release you to high places that you never dreamed you could go when you surrender everything and eliminate plan B. Not my way, not my will, not what I think, not kind of Jesus, a little bit of Jesus, but a little bit of it. You have to cut some ropes. Fear is invading people's lives. And people have no purpose because they will not eliminate plan B. In Acts chapter 27, there were sailors on the ship who wanted to abandon ship and who wanted to give up. They said to themselves, and the Bible said they, that Paul told them, I know that we're in a storm, let down anchors. And they, catch this now, and they pretending to let down anchors, let down a lifeboat. They were on the good old gospel ship, but they were pretending to do one thing when in their heart they were doing something else. They were pretending to let it down anchors and saying, I'm not ever getting off this ship. I'm so touched and blessed, I'll never abandon this ship. They were pretending, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. While in the back of their mind, they were letting down a lifeboat to escape and leave. Pretending. And in that moment, the Apostle Paul discerned exactly what they were thinking. And he says, I've had an angel stand by me this night. And he said, I know you're pretending. And the Lord sent me to tell you, except you stay on this ship, you will never be where you thought you would be. Because plan B is not the answer. Plan B and the alternative is not the answer. God's way is the answer. God's plan is the answer. The alternative is not the answer. I don't know what you're planning. I'm not here to preach a heavy, mean message, but this is what I do. And I know where I'm going, and God is about to cut some ropes off some people who are so used to be around church, and they pretend never really 
getting to a place where the Holy Spirit begins to cut you loose from every entanglement that so easily pulls you down when God says, I've got so much more. I want to open the elevator doors and take you up. I've got a plan for your life. I've got a future for you. I've got a call for you. I've got everything for you. But you got to cut the ropes. And the soldiers walked over and they began to cut the ropes. And when they cut away plan B, that's when the miracle happened. I came with a word tonight. I don't know what your intentions are after this conference. I don't know what Next week holds, maybe you got somebody that you're planning to go off to the beach with and you don't know what you're going to get into. I, I don't know what you're planning about next year in school, but the Holy Spirit sent you to this conference to cut some ropes off of you so that whatever comes your way, you won't give up, you won't give in, you will not jump ship because those ropes are coming off of you Tonight, if you believe that, give the Lord a great praise right now. It's time to let the Holy Spirit cut some ropes off of your mind, off of your body, off of your past, cut some ropes of shame, cut some ropes of condemnation. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad you've messed up. God can cut the rope and sever the soul ties from the wrong people and the wrong places and the wrong choices. And you can go up in his elevator to a new place of freedom and joy and truly standing cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. The elevator is waiting. This is no time to give up. When you make up your mind, I'm never going back. Goodbye, Mr. Dope Man. I'm cutting that rope. Goodbye, wrong friends. I love you. And one day I might get to come back and be good friends with you, but I'm going to cut the rope after forward conference and I'm going to let God build me up so strong that if I get around it, it won't get in me. I'll be a light. I'll be powerful for God. You have to cut the rope. We can shout. We can get up here and raise our hands and pretend, but it's not until you cut some ropes. Some of you need to cut the rope of alcohol. Cut it. Some of you need to cut the rope of vaping. Oh, I didn't come to play games tonight. The Lord is ready to do something. You're pretending. I, I know you say, well, that send me to hell. No, it's not going to send you to hell. It's going to send you to heaven a lot sooner than you want to go, though. And it's time for you to cut some ropes and get free. Oh, come on. Somebody give me a, somebody give me a big amen on that. Satan's lying to you. He's telling you, you can't make it without that old boyfriend. He's already texting you and calling you. 
He's scared you're going to find Jesus at this conference. And he's absolutely right. And you've got to get to the place where you say, I take Jesus first. He's first. He's not second. He's not third. He's not plan B. He's plan A. And that is the only way to life. Come on, somebody, take a praise break and say, Lord, cut some ropes off of me. Cut some depression off of me. Cut some fear off of me. Cut some addictions off of me. In Ezekiel chapter 8, in verse 16, the Bible said that Ezekiel had a vision and he went into the temple with this vision. The Bible said, he said, I saw there 25 men with their backs to the temple and their faces out toward the east and they were worshiping the sun. I want you to look at me just a moment. I want you to imagine that this beautiful piece of art of whatever that is right there (laughs) is the Holy of Holies in the temple. This is what your Bible says Ezekiel saw in the temple. He saw 25 young men in the temple, but they were not facing the Ark of the Covenant. They were not facing the presence of God. They were in the temple, but they were looking out toward the world. They were in the right place, but they were looking in the wrong direction. And it's possible to be in the right place. And I just want to preach a minute. The church is the right place. Being with your youth group at Forward Conference is the right place. Reading the Word of God is the right place. I don't care what any professor tells you. Being in God's presence is the right place. There's no place like this place. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. This is the right place. But it's possible Especially if you've been raised in this. Especially if you're a church kid. Especially if you came up in this. It's possible to be in the right place pretending. Well, if we could see your heart. You got your eyes on what's out there. You're in the right place. But you're looking in the wrong direction. Lot's problem was he was a man who was walking with a man, Abraham, who was walking with God. There's a lot of you that are walking with people who are walking with God. But let me teach you something. There's a difference between people who walk with people who walk with God and people who walk with God for themselves. Mama cannot save you. Daddy cannot save you. Grandma's prayer life cannot save you. Pastor cannot save you. Youth pastor cannot save you. You've got to get your own relationship with Jesus and it will require you to cut some ropes and say, I'm done with that life. 
This is where joy is. This is where anxiety goes. This is where fear doesn't rule you anymore. This is where you begin to walk in purpose. It's so freeing when you cut the ropes and all the world tells you that religion, if you stay in church and you love Jesus and you serve the Lord, you just stay in there. It's holding you down. You're missing out. And you start looking out into the world. In the temple, looking out. I remember when I was 15, I was in church. I was raised in church. My parents were, my dad's gone on to be with the Lord. My mother's still with us. And boy, they taught us to be a part of church. And so I grew up in church and I grew up playing musical instruments in church. And all I ever knew was church. But when I hit 15, I was in the temple, but I felt a little shift and a little turn, and it seemed like the world just looked more and more and more attractive to me, and I had friends pulling on me, and I had peer pressure pulling on me, and I I, I was getting invites to parties, and just everything just looked so much more exciting out there in the world, and I started working at a Chinese restaurant. I'd bust the tables and clean the tables off. And they served wine in this restaurant. And (laughs) all my friends were drinking. All my friends were partying. All my friends were getting drunk and high. Sleeping with one another. And I started just... I just felt a turning. I was still in the temple. I still went. I I still went to church. I was even participating. I was playing musical instruments. But while I was in the temple, I started getting me a little, little lifeboat, an escape boat. And sometimes on Sunday night, when the Holy Spirit would really move, I I would think about. I was in the temple, but I was looking in the wrong direction. Because I knew a party was coming that Friday night. I knew what I was going to do. I had it all in my mind and I was fooling everybody. And uh, I started getting the wine off those tables and I'd just drink it. I'd just drink it. If they left a half a cup, I'd drink it. If they left a half a glass, I'd drink it. You know, teenagers are crazy. Y'all are crazy. I I didn't care about germs. I didn't care about... It's wine. And I wanted to feel the buzz. I liked it. And the more I did it, the more I liked it. There was a boy that worked there with me about the same age. He and I together would do that. Sometimes he would bring weed and we would smoke the weed. And I know some of you are shocked. Don't swallow your tongue. Because I know what I'm talking about. I want you to realize Satan was lying to me saying, you ought to take this, 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 this little escape boat right here. I didn't know the plan God had for me. I didn't know I'd be standing in an arena in Atlanta 
for 20 years in this arena preaching to thousands and thousands of teenagers. I had no idea the elevator the Holy Spirit had. I had no idea the things and the places he would take me to. But the enemy said, you need plan B, and I'll never forget it. We didn't, we, I, I was raised in a preacher's home, and we didn't have any money or anything. We didn't get to go on big vacations or anything like that ever. The thing we did was we went to Church of God camp meeting. And we got to stay in a hotel, and it had a swimming pool. And during the day services, we would hang out at the pool, me and my brothers. And we would, the, well, one of them, Richie, he would always go to church. But me and my other brother, Dole, we would hang out at the pool. And I snuck me a bottle of wine. This is crazy. I put the bottle of wine in the bell of my tenor saxophone. Listen how, talk about pretending. I knew my parents knew I was acting shady. They knew something was off with me. They could tell in my spirit, cause you ain't fooling nobody when you're pretending. So I got smart. I said, I know they'll check my suitcase. So I'm gonna tell them I'm gonna play my saxophone in the band at camp meeting. And I put that bottle of wine right in the bell of my saxophone. It fit perfectly. And I shut it up and I took it to Church of God camp meeting. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I can't wait till after this service on Friday night. I'm going to go back to the room and I'm going to get my bottle of wine up. I wrapped it up in a hotel towel. Walked out of the hotel, went down after a Friday night camp meeting service, went to the pool, and I started drinking, and oh, I was feeling good, and then one of my relatives walked around the back way, saw me, called my daddy, Billy Franklin, two weeks after camp meeting. He came in and he took his big long belt. I was 15 years old and he beat the red wine out of my behind. He didn't wait on me to cut the ropes. He cut the ropes for me. And I want to say thank God for some people, some parents who will stay in your business. They love you. They're telling you the truth and you need to listen because the enemy, I'm telling you, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Everybody does everything now. I'm just going to tell you how I feel. For me, I had to cut that rope because I knew I liked that feeling too much. This is tough. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy, like I'm on drugs. No, you're on drugs. But that's all right. We're going to cut the rope. We're going to cut the rope. We're going to cut the rope. Somebody throw up your hands. See, nobody don't want to get excited about this yet, but the Holy Spirit is going to cut some ropes. By the way, it's illegal for you to drink if you're a teenager. Let me show you what kind of revival the Holy Spirit wants to send. In Acts chapter 19, 
the Holy Spirit sent such a revival. See, we can't, we can't just have good services. And many of those, when they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible is so powerful, it will convict us of areas of our life. And many of those who practice magic, witchcraft, sorcery, Satanism, talking to crystals, seances, playing with white magic, black magic, just playing with it, reading occultic books. Those demons haven't died. Some of them have come to forward conference, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we're going to cut those demonic ties off of your life. You don't have to be a slave. You don't have to look in the mirror and hate yourself. You don't have to go and kill yourself. You don't have to listen to those demons that say you don't matter and nobody loves you. We're going to cut that rope tonight. And many, this is what, I want this kind of revival to hit this generation. And many of those who practice magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of them all. And the next part of it says, and they counted up the value and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. When the Lord really saves you and fills you with his spirit, they took the demonic strongholds that had them bound and they brought them and burned them in a fire. How incredible is that? I want to see that kind of room. You know when the Lord saved me? I had music that I can listen to now. I know what the Bible says about modesty. I know what the Bible says, but there are things that for me and for some of you in this room that are a weakness for you that are not weaknesses for other people. And when the Holy Spirit tells you to cut that rope, you better listen to what he tells you. I don't base my, my convictions on other Christians' convictions. And you know what the Lord said to me after he saved me? I didn't know, I didn't know to do this. He said, I want you to take all that music that you partied to. Because if you keep listening to it, there is a soul tie that takes you back to that moment and that place where you were committing sins to that music. And I can hear that music now, and it doesn't bother me one bit. I actually can say, that does sound good. But as a new Christian, 
It was connected to a spirit that I knew could destroy me. And the Lord told me to take it. And back then, it was the eagles. I can't believe, I love the eagles. It was the eagles. It was earth, wind, and fire. It was all, it was Peter Frampton. Lord, have mercy. I used to, I, that man on that guitar could get me going deep into the enemy's territory. I can hear it now, and all I hear is music. That's cool. That's a good, I'm a musician. I like all kinds of music. That's what I'm trying to tell you. But if I'd kept listening to it, it was connected. And until the Lord severed those cords in my life, and for a season, he said, I want you to cut all the ropes, cut all the people that keep you get around them, and there's something in them that pulls you down. Cut the ropes. in that moment, that's when God marked me, when I said yes, and it was not legalism, it was not, I could, it had something to do with giving Jesus my everything. And I know this is a different message, and I know some of you may not understand everything I'm saying, but the Holy Spirit knows how to talk to you about the ropes that are holding you down. Because the thing that I want you to understand more than anything else is I promise you, when the Holy Spirit says, cut it loose, if you'll do it, and even more powerful, if you'll let him do it tonight, the elevator's gonna open. And he's gonna take you up to a place that he has for you that you've never been before. I think tonight it's time to, it's time to eliminate plan B. Cut the ropes of shame. Cut the ropes of pretending. Cut the ropes of cutting. Cut the ropes. Here's a big one. I can't believe I wrote this down. Cut the ropes of cussing. Cut the ropes of being a systematic liar. Pretending. There's no joy in that. There's no freedom in that. It's when you sell out to Jesus and you cut the ropes. He says, I have a wonderful plan for you. I wonder how many of you have some ropes that you want God to cut off of you and you're ready to cut them loose yourself. Let me see your hand all over this room. Do you mean that? Do you mean that you could go off to college and you could be so free 
that it doesn't matter what other people are doing. It's not that you have to be a, a freak. You can enjoy your life. You can enjoy freedom. You can enjoy being pure as she preached today. You can enjoy being different because then you can make a difference. You don't have to, you don't have to keep going back to it. And I tell you when you win, I tell you when you'll be victorious. I tell you when you will know freedom in a powerful way, joy in a powerful way. It's a few weeks after my dad gave me a correction as a teenager. I went to a church in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. And I was sitting on the back row of that church. And my brother Richie got up and he started to sing just before my dad was supposed to preach. And he began to sing, at the, at the cross, at the cross. Hold on just one minute. Where I first saw the light. And the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my And now I am happy all the day. And you know what happened? I was sitting in the back of that auditorium and nobody told me to get up. The Holy Spirit touched me. Tears started streaming down my cold heart. And I got up while my brother was singing and I walked down the aisle and I dropped to my knees and those people surrounded me laid their hands on me and I was marked from that night forward I let God cut the ropes I don't mean you'll never be tempted I don't mean you have to be perfect I don't mean I'm certainly not perfect but I'm going to tell you one thing I'll never go back to who I was I'll never go back like a dog to the vomit of the things that he told me to cut loose from my life. You can be free. Stand to your feet all over this room. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving, please. If you're in this room tonight and you would say, Pastor Jensen, Maybe you've done some things just like I have done. You don't, have to, you don't have to just go down and live with shame the rest of your life. Jesus can cut that rope tonight. Stay on the ship. Let down an anchor and don't pretend anymore. And if you, if, if you know you can't handle it, if it's alcohol, if it's whatever, if it's drugs, if you know you can't handle it and you can't, 
It's time to make a declaration and say, Holy Spirit, tonight mark me. Tonight, let me not only lose some things, cut the ropes, but I want to leave here with something that will go with me for the rest of my life. A consecration, a dedication that I'll never turn back. How many of you in this room, heads bowed, eyes closed, would say, Pastor Jensen, I need that kind of commitment to Jesus Christ tonight. I want to surrender everything to Him. I desire Him to cut the ropes off my life, and I want to be free. No more pretending. If that's you, raise your hand high and unashamed. I want every one of you that specifically, as I preach this message, something specific in your life the Lord has dealt with you about and you've struggled to get free from it. I want you to get, if you're on the main floor, the rest of you in the room, the, we have altar teams that are established all over the conference room. But those of you on the main floor who would say, Pastor, you're preaching to me tonight. I want God to cut some ropes. I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to come as close as you can get for just a few moments. All over the room, just let him touch you. Those of you up in the top, those of you in the, uh, in, in the auditorium, if that's you right now and you would say, Pastor, you preach to me and as I raise my hand, it represents something I want God to cut off of me. Stand, your raise your hand up right where you're standing and just say, Lord, here it is. Here it is. I mean it. And I'm going to ask altar teams all over the building. They're going to begin to sing and we're going to go into a time of worship. And this simple little message, this simple little message, if you'll be sincere and say, God, no more secrets, no more pretending. I'm ready. I'm ready for change. I'm ready, Lord, for your will. I'm ready for you to cut the ropes. God says, I've got a plan that's going to take you higher than you ever dreamed. Right now, just lift your hands all over this room and give it to Jesus right now. Begin to pray. Begin to call on his name. Begin to seek him all over this room. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Everybody pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I bring you the ropes. Cut them off of me tonight. There are some things that I know you want to sever from my life. There are some situations. There are some people, the wrong people. Tonight I make a vow that I put you first. You are my plan A. You are it. And I cut the rope. Just cut it right now. Just begin to praise Him now. Just begin to thank Him. Just say, Jesus, I receive right now your freedom. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your goodness. I receive the elevator is taking me up where I belong. It's taking me to higher places. Your will like you prayed in the garden. Not my will, but thy will be done. So here it is, Lord. I give it to you. I give it to you tonight. Now let's begin to worship him. Let's begin to worship him.
me tell you what I feel. I feel like God has taken some things off of you. And now He's ready to put some things on you. How many of you want God's plan, God's way, God's choice, God's will? Throw your hands up and just give Him everything and let Him put it on you now. The, the steps are going to be directed. The doors are going to open. The favor is going to be on your life. The resources to go to college, the opportunity to do things in ministry, the right places, the right people, they're going to come into your life because some things have been taken off. Now His calling, His purpose, His plan is being put on. So throw up your hands and they're going to sing it one more time. And I want you to pour your soul out in worship. There's something about worshiping God in moments like this that mark you, that mark you for His purpose and His plan. Are you ready? Let your life be an incense. Let your consecration to Him, your Spending time in the Bible, reading the Word, as she said today, pray. Let the incense rise. I want you to reach over and lay your hand on somebody beside you right now. Right now, reach over and pray for somebody around you as they worship. Go ahead, let's give him the glory. Let him move. He knows what row you're sitting on. He knows if you're up in the top balcony. He knows the battles you're dealing with. He knows the, the mental battles somebody's dealing with, but God's cutting that rope and he's putting a new mind, a renewed mind, a renewed mind on you. Let him do it.
hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin, and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.